So we just do it or start over? Is it easier to start over? I don't know. It, 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 it did go to a new file because it's a fucking just asshole. Welcome to a new episode of Fun Boat Diplomacy. I'm here with my good friend Alex Garofalo from the United States, so we're not talking to an international person today. My apologies. Uh, you're, uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I think we'll survive. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Alright, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Alex. Uh, Wayman and I are, are, are old high school friends who are, are hanging out in Lisbon right now after not seeing each other for about a year. Uh, a year ago, we were both recent grads. I went to, uh, I went to Syracuse University for television and film. And uh, was and am still still aspiring to to get into screenwriting and producing. But uh, last time William and I spent significant time together, we were bumming back home in Delaware with no idea what the hell we were about to be doing with our lives for about two months. Going that, was my, that was my second time yeah. going to Europe and then coming back. Yeah, this is my third attempt, and then I'll be going home soon probably. We were we were we were on a nightly basis hanging out and facing the existential dread of having no idea what the hell we were about to be doing. It was still fun. It was still fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. It was a really good chunk of time. We did we did Firefly. We did you know we we saw some shows. Uh, did a, I don't know what did a lot of drugs. You can cut that out if you don't talk about that. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone does drugs. Coffee is a drug. Coffee is a drug. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> An espresso form, definitely. Espresso, yeah. That hits you. Yeah, so you had your like first espresso. Yeah, my so first you... European espresso. That was legit. Yeah, you had two. Two, yeah. Yeah. That first one was, was real dope. Yeah. And what up, Corey? What's up, man? Oh, I just opened that door with my mind, I think. How's that? It's awesome. You just want to lean up? Is that what you're going for? I just don't care. Whatever. Do you mind if we are podcasting? Oh, is that going on right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, so where were we? So you had... I don't know, should we include you now? No. And I'm not even here. Okay. Right, let me get back to... Where was I? Espresso. Right, oh yeah, espresso. But we're getting we're getting off topic, so we were... <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> um... So yeah, we were, we were... We were living an aimless life for a little while, and about the, uh... At about the exact same time, very coincidentally, I uh, I got a job as a TV critic for an online paper in New York City, International Business Times, and uh, and then Wayman. Yeah, maybe I should. Ex- I don't think anybody. I haven't talked about. Yeah, you've what never, I've, what never I've got done. into that. I never talked about what I did on this podcast, so it's good. So I got accepted to a. It was it's part of the Erasmus Mundus program, so some of you might know that Erasmus. Is a it's basically this this European Union's study abroad program, and it's usually only open to uh, to European students. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Erasmus Mundus is master master's programs open to um, people from all over the world. So uh, in my program, I had uh, it was me, another American, a uh, Canadian, um, a Serbian, a Turk, 
someone from Iceland and someone's from uh, Sudan. So it was like very international, really yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and I was accepted somehow to Masters in Geospatial Technologies, which for those of you who don't know is everything data management in the context of geolocation. So location on Earth you can do. One of the favorite things I, my favorite things I did was uh, satellite imagery analysis. So we would take images of satellite. We did this thing called change detection. Mm -hmm. So you, you have two images, and you, uh, from different time periods, but of the same location, and then you use the pixels themselves, the color of the reflectance from the light onto the satellite, yeah, yeah. to, um, to detect a difference. So you, if you do, we collect samples of, of pixels and you say, this color is an example of, of bare soil, this, is, this one is an example of vegetation, and, uh, and then the computer does its thing and then it tells you how much percentage of change there was. Uh, so what we did was we did Dubai. Mm -hmm. We did Dubai from the 90s till now. That's and so it showed us the percentage of change uh, with whatever the confidence rate mm -hmm. of what, I don't know. Science is hard and that's why I ended <laughs> up quitting that program, among other reasons. It just was not run the way that I would have liked. And then I also was too lazy, frankly, to leave Lisbon. That's the thing. Lisbon it's makes you lazy. You. It makes, it's a trap and it makes you lazy. It's, it's the weather. Yeah. It's the weather. It just, uh, you don't feel like getting up at all. Those hills. Especially, <laughs> especially, like, I only have, I only have one suitcase. And even with that, I'm just like, eh. I have, a, I have a visa until September, so I'll just stay until then. Yeah. I've been here for, what is this? It, feel, it feels like I've been here for about a month. <laughs> I've been here uh, about 50 hours. <laughs> I've been here two nights. Yeah. This, this is my third night we're recording this. Um, this is your first time on continental Europe. It is my first time in continental Europe. What are your impressions? What's different? Because I've, I've, I've been here. If you add up all the time, it's been a while. <laughs> What's different from... Yeah. From continental Europe to, to, from like, to UK from or like the America. United States. What is it? Because I mean, there's so much, and I could talk super broadly or super specific. But what things are important to you? I think what, what most interests me is there's there's a there's a sense in America of just like just constantly up updating everything about culture and society, and just this like constant pursuit of the future and the newest and the next and the best. And uh, there is just a, there's there's a, there's something charming. Is, charming is an understatement, but just the way there there's a culture here that's just settled into something they've been doing for much 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 longer than the U.S. has mm -hmm. ever been even in you know an idea. Um, and even though obviously, obviously technology gets introduced here and and, and like you know things are things do advance. There's a at the heart, there's like a vibe and an energy that is very much just of each place. That that uh, the, you know, the the city has a memory that that cities in the U.S. don't seem to have, right? Which is kind of addicting. It, you feel like I think that's what you talk about a trap. It's because I think you you feel in this suspended in time. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's sometimes you're on a street and you could be. In any, you could you could be in so many times and not realize you, you wouldn't be able to date yourself if you yeah, if you saw yeah. it. And it takes an awareness. Some people just come, everything's beautiful. Yeah, and you don't need to know all of it. But yeah, if you either the more you put in, the more you get out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I find that I mean I find that thrilling. I find that I find that totally intoxicating. 
Did you find the same in London? No, no, I didn't. Because that shit just got all, it got all covered up or blown up. Yeah. So London feels very much like you go to New York, you go to any historical city in in America, and it's like it, it, here's our history. Mm-hmm. This spot here that we've cordoned off. Yeah, here yeah. is our history. Come visit it and get a very formal tour. Uh, by very formal people and just like uh, it's uh, this this is our history mm-hmm. and everywhere else we're just constantly just spiraling towards the towards the future and modernity right. and uh it's, it's i i didn't i didn't get that in london i did not get that until coming down here at least yeah you've only seen lisbon but it's uh but we've been outside we've been outside yeah, we've yeah. been outside lisbon yeah, um, yeah. so Sintra. we went so, to Sintra. that's uh it's mountain town outside of it's actually like it's called a municipality. Yeah. So the the town itself is called Sintra, and then the whole area is its own magical thing because it has a different climate and it has plants from all over the world brought over from the age of exploration and mm-hmm. gifts from from people from around the world. And uh, so there's that, and that's the palaces and yeah. everything that uh, shows the the history, the historical inside. It's very royal feel yeah yeah no, it's 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 fantastical <laughs> it's uh yeah, yeah w- what i'm talking about i felt that probably even more intensely in in, in Sintra than i did in in like lisbon proper yeah um yeah for, for those it's it's and every time i take people to Sintra, it's like um i ask them did you expect to be doing this when you came to lisbon and yeah. they said no lisbon you you know nothing when you come here and what you do expect is some sort of, you have an image, you have yeah. this, there's these trams, you have these hills, you have the river, the beach, and possibly the beach, and then you, you don't expect to find yourself in the woods. No, no, in the mountains. In the mountains. <laughs> no, it, it was, uh, yeah, God, it was beautiful. Um, and, and like, you know, we, we stumbled upon, like, a local, like a, like a renaissance fair of sorts, right. but it wasn't for... It wasn't designed for visitors. It was like a neighborhood thing. So like we literally like walked through this community, like the community com- coming together, and it was right. just like whoa. Yeah. And having them dress in that fashion, yeah, yeah. it you do it feels like when we were at the Renaissance Fair. Although when we were at the Renaissance Fair, it was fucking cold and rainy, yeah, and yeah. maybe that was how the Middle Ages actually felt like. <laughs> but like this was more sure in London, yeah. <laughs> sure in England. Yeah, this kind of felt like. A, I kind of felt a little bit like I was in a movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then definitely. we just happened to stumble upon that. It's very nice. There's also the the, the fact that the going through it in a place that actually went through it, like yeah. that was not America just pretending. Yeah, you it, can't. America can't really claim that it it had that. I mean, you go through they'll have like colonial mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah, but that seems so fake like if you go to san diego they have the old town san diego yeah yeah make it like the old west but the old west was definitely not as clean <laughs> no no that is <laughs> clean and happy it's it's like it's it's like sometimes things in the u.s you're trying to establish this like storied history as a point of pride but it's just it's just not old enough it's just uh it's just not and it's also just so different and so like there's nothing you go to like a frontier town or something like that, things like that in the U.S., that's not, that's not visiting anything that, you're not seeing buildings that were old, you're just seeing this, like, totally materialistic reconstruction of, of not even, like, the real West, of, like, 
the West as portrayed in films. Like right. it's so, it's there's there's so many barriers to actually feeling like you're connecting with the like the true history. Like we were talking about in the train to center, just like so much misconception of like of the past of of, of the actual impact of certain historical events, just like mm-hmm. filtered through these very like uh, digestible kind of sound bites and, and things. And when you when you're here in Europe, you can touch. It's physically yeah. here. Yeah. Like you're seeing the monastery. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing the palaces that were built. That's the, it's legit. Yeah. You can touch the side of the palace, and I think you can feel something from that. I don't know, like in the U.S. Yeah, you can't. I've never quite... felt anything. Even going to the White House, it's like, this place has been renovated yeah. and things. No, you can't. There's a you can you can have these kind of moments of like these wow moments of feeling the history in in Europe without having any context of the thing you're looking at or mm-hmm. like you, because you can it's just so old and it's so beautiful or it's so ornate and it's just like you can touch it and it's just there and in New York it's like and in Boston and Philly it's, it's Philly especially they, they have it it's yeah. all there it just doesn't have that same impact no no because they, they almost sort of moved on yeah and no one no one really moves on as easily here because the, the, mm-hmm. the past is such a yeah like when I was talking to my my friends from Croatia, the the, the war was twenty years ago. Yeah, we don't have that. No, 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 we do not. <laughs> we don't have something like that, and they somehow cope with it. Like they say that, you know, they can be very good friends with a Serb. Croatians can be good friends. Bosnians can be good friends with Serbs, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine that. That's that's as if uh, that's as if a, a northerner was best friends with a southerner like yeah. ten years after the civil war. Yeah, and. Um, and that was that was a, a the norm kind of right which right. It's not it's not. We, we see, still struggling. We see today. We got, just we're today, just battling over the Confederate flag in yeah. America right now. It's real crazy, real crazy. There, I mean, and like we said, it's, these are because I saw I saw earlier an article. They had photos in black and white, mm-hmm. and that was real crazy because then it looks like they're images that could be from the sixties. Right, right. But they're but they're, they're from now. Yeah, they're from yeah. Two thousand fifteen. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I think another big thing is that in 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 Europe you have like kind of a singular cultural identity, which I'm sure is reductive. I'm sure there's all sorts of different pockets of of of, of, of you know diversity in culture in every in every European country, but I mean certainly not like you see in in, in America and just like like it, P- Portugal is Portugal, where mm. New York is. A million different things. Oh, uh, you mean like in within countries or? Yeah, yeah, you? yeah. Within countries, okay. it's just like there's no. There always seems to be a north south, no matter where you go. That's true. I think I think that's interesting. Like north and south Portugal, they always mm-hmm. have a little bit of a rivalry. Yeah. Germany, Spain. France. Well, because it tends to that, I guess that because that tends to change climate, and I guess yeah. that changes culture. I think that's really interesting that climate affects things so much. Yeah. Because without fail, all the southern European countries mm-hmm. just perform worse yeah. than the northern right is that the case in the u.s i don't know Although, certainly but not like that no 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 not like that I, I don't really know what what the uh what the reason for that is yeah but yeah you look at portugal spain greece uh italy they all sort of but do you lag behind in your european travel i mean like you have these you have these like I mean, you have the north of some of these european countries and south and you have these these uh like these different sections of, of, of you know kind of conflicting culture, but like, don't do you do you think that maybe they can still 
have a common bond of being, you know, from Portugal, from Italy, from 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 Greece, from from France, as opposed to like there, there's very little. They do. Yeah. They do. They they have a common bond, more so than like we might have with somebody from. New yeah, Orleans, we all we all right? will, by by name we'll be like, oh cool, America, nice. We're both American, but it's uh, it doesn't feel so much like North and South France. Like, okay. Like a northern French person and a southern French person, they're like, well, we're all French. We right. speak the same language. Language is important. Right. Um, and it's it's been always important in Europe because mm -hmm. you have different languages. Right. So if you speak the same language, at least you're on the same foot, and that's important. Right. Our, if you if you make the effort to speak the language, then you, you get much more respect. Right. And our language isn't even our own. I yeah. mean... Yeah. And... Um, I'm losing my thought. Um, I'm going my water, too. We should, get a picture. we should get a picture. We should of water. get a picture of water. Next, next time. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also like, um, like America. It's the connection between American is more this like abstract. Like you're all for doing whatever the hell you want, and I'm all for doing the hell, you know, whatever the hell you want. And like in pr in principle, I guess. right? It's all it's all these abstract. Right, you know, <laughs> it doesn't always work out. But like what it means to be an American or something like uh -huh. that, whatever that does mean seems to be so much more philosophical than what it means to be an Englishman, mm -hmm. uh, like a Frenchman. It's like where you're, where it's grounded in, thousand, in, in thousands, in some cases, years of, of like history and how we do things here and like afternoon tea, something like that. Just like we the don't. pastries. We don't have like a pastry in the U.S. There, it's like we've had this for so long. This is our pastry. Right. Exactly. There's no, there's no common traditions across all of the, yeah. like the, the different kinds of cultures in America mm -hmm. and any, and even the, and the closest you come to anything like that is, is just bullshit consumerist stuff. Right. Christmas kind of like, oh. like, you know, that kind of stuff that has nothing to do with history and nothing to do with like who you are as a people other than, other, I guess, I guess it's cutting, it's, it's, uh, it's selling, uh, consumerism a little short to say that it's not like kind of part of uh, the American DNA but uh, yeah it just doesn't it, you don't it doesn't feel the same it doesn't it doesn't feel like we, I have as much in common as, as somebody from different pockets of this of like you know the country somebody from North Dakota I don't I don't I'd have a hard time I think finding a lot of common ground about politics about way of life about culture and I feel like there's all these strifes in um in European countries, but they. But there's still, some things to talk about. Right. Yeah. Like, there's still there's still something like, to come I together. Think, about. Do you find that we we were we were hanging out with a lot of international people yeah. from all over the place? Do you find that you had easier an easier time having conversations with them? Because I generally do. Yeah. I generally feel like I can have better conversations with Europeans than with Americans. I feel like they're open to hearing. There seems to be more of a inherent curiosity amongst Europeans to like, hey, what's your story? What's going on with you? What do you what do you think? Where you come from? And where do you, how do you think about me? Where you come from? And, and mm -hmm. that kind of thing, where um, that that kind of isolationist, uh, individualistic kind of uh, cultural history of America is very much just like I like the way I do things, and I uh, don't much give a fuck what you do. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't really, and we also I don't think are used to. Uh, dealing with other countries as much ge geographically because of the like you don't oceans yeah you don't it's not it's so much more normal for like, Europeans to just go touring through Europe yeah. whereas so many Americans have never been off North America That's this is my problem. first time in in, in uh, 
in Europe. And and I. Uh, Do you think it would be a fundamentally? Fundamentally, it would be a huge change if like everyone was able to see something. Yeah. Outside. I think so. I, I think, think it's uh, so important, and it, the, what this, here it's it's twelve percent of all university students go abroad. Yeah, just twelve. Right, and then they sort of you all meet so many people. They go, oh, I studied in Spain for study abroad. Mm-hmm. I don't speak any Spanish anymore. Right, or I don't. I never learned Spanish, and then they sort of forget about it. It was like a kind of thing. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's disappointing. I I, I think that like you um. It's very easy to say, like, oh, people do different, like, people do things differently elsewhere, and, like, this isn't the only way to live, but it's, like, uh, I, I think it's hard to really get a grasp on, like, oh, they do things completely differently here. They, this, like, uh, um, uh, um, the, the kind of rat race of America is not the only way yeah. to, to, uh, to live life. There are cultures that aren't about even if money you... necess- as much, or not, not necessarily as capitalistically driven, or not necessarily as, uh, um, you know, materialistic or cons- or, or, or or one narrative driven. Right. We have one narrative right. essentially, and even if you learn in books, mm-hmm. for example, that Kazakh nomads have only what is on their like cows. Yeah. Uh, and they live on the steppe, which is completely flat, and you can't grow anything on yeah. it. Um, even if you read about that, you until you see what your what's the reality mm-hmm. is, it's. Um, you're still just sitting in, in a in a room in America, reading right. books, reading stories. So that's when I when I first saw the Brandenburg Gate. Yeah. That was that was a moment. Yeah. Because you're in the presence of something that was in the presence of so many things. Right. Right. It's like. Um... And that's just Europe. Europe is easy mode. For... <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you're right. You're right. I I I, uh, yeah. I think I said it the other day. I think you know. I think Asia would be such a culture shock. It also makes Europe seem like a baby. Yeah. I mean, I mean China and, and China has the norm in all of history is China being on top. Yeah, and yeah, uh, the West being on top is is, is a, actually a, a an exception. It's strange that it happened. And that's the thing. Even when you know you you can read in a book in America, you can uh, this culture is this, and this this country does this, and you can go, oh, they do that's that's something different. I think there's still this kind of like it's it, it's it's uh, it's it's kind of instilled in you that that like well, they do that there, but we but we do this, we this, we're this better. Is we this do. is the way. This is this is the this is progress. That is some third world nonsense to some extent. I was going to say, Americans will tend to have the men- mentality that this person from outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. They should be curious about how we do things. Right. We, we do it right. Right. <laughs> right. They, they're French. They didn't support us at the, in, in 2003. Maybe we could educate this guy. Let's, let's take him aside. Right. Hey, Frenchman. You have some things to learn. <laughs> right. We, uh, we, we were so uppity about the whole saving Europe and World War II kind of concept, and like, which is so childish when you look at the history of Europe. You look at the fact that, like, the UK and France can be allies right now after centuries Germany of and France trying are not to kill. fighting. Right. <laughs> and then like we we kind of think we're owed some sort of inherent unending respect because of one war in mm-hmm. it's, it's one of my favorite t shirts is the uh, the one with the American flag says back to back World War Champions. 
I love that shirt. I love it. <laughs> it, is, it is funny. And it's not like... The World War II is not something not to be proud of. But this... I think people find that shirt funny for different reasons. I certainly think it's funny for one reason. And... People I think on people wear that shirt very unironically. People on the 4th of July. Oh. I think people just like wear it like they'd wear a Ronaldo jersey. Just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, no, you're good, you're good. I love that. <laughs> I'm always in a good mood when you laugh. That was good. That was well said. Um, yeah, it's, it, and I think it's why you get... I think that's why you get that you get that uh, an awful American stereotype of the American traveling to you know you're talking about not traveling and and then the, the small percentage of Americans that do travel and then within that you have this percentage that has created this awful stereotype of like not respecting the culture they go and visit going you know like very literally what you're talking about showing up in a place and going well, why the hell are they doing it this way instead of like kind of reacting to that with some curiosity and wonder and some and, and appreciation. Um, which is, I mean, I, I've been saying it all week, uh, is, I'm just terrified of, of giving, of anybody kind of perceiving me in that way, because it's mm. just... Yeah, um, you kept saying, I don't want to be perceived as an American, I don't want to be perceived as an American. No, I don't, I, I, I just, I, uh, I'm embarrassed of that, that, uh, you know, and, and I, I mean, I, I kind of have somewhat of a grasp on Italian language, but, like, I'm embarrassed of that, we don't speak any languages, we don't we come in and we, we just kind of like blow through and don't have any respect for the, the culture that we're visiting and we're just kind of... Isn't it incredible that pretty much all Europeans know at least another language, at least English. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then probably a third, most likely a third. You see, you see a street performer singing an English song. I mean, can you imagine a non-ethnic street performer and just like you know, just like your buddy in high school in Kansas, just like they listen to this Portugal song I love. Just yeah, like yeah, yeah. it doesn't happen. There isn't. There isn't. There's. There's. There's very little. And then yeah, but language is a much bigger deal. Just it's. It's like a. It's like a responsibility, that we just like are like screw that. The world will adapt to us. And what are your thoughts on, the European Union? It's. It's kind of like a. I think that's uh, what they they talk about it a lot as almost like they're trying to make it like the United States. They have their own sort of. It's more like a confederacy, I guess. Right, right. But well, it's so much more loosely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what do you. Well, what, about what, how about you? How about you start with kind of like your pros and cons of it, because you you I have I haven't experienced what literally moving through the, you know. How the eurozone actually yeah, affects yeah, I how it's in. I, I I only know it in like broad I th conceptually. I think the euro as a currency. I feel like it's it wasn't a joke. <laughs> 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 it wasn't a joke, but I don't think taking it literally was the greatest idea ever. It um, certainly seems to have caused and a and I problems. I I don't claim to be an economist, but yeah no but. To to use the same currency between have Germany, France use the same currency as Portugal and Greece. It's uh, they're fundamentally different at the goal of economic progress, yeah. which is making shit. Yeah, Germany makes shit. They mm -hmm. make.
cars. They, they have history. They have a history of basically artisanship. Right. They are proud in the products that they make. Yeah. And they make excellent stuff that will that always always makes their GDP mm-hmm. soar. Whereas Portugal, I see, I come here. They have great food, yeah. great seafood. Yeah, you go to the beach. Mm-hmm. You have great. You have Sintra to go and wander in the woods. In the north, there's national parks and mm-hmm. everything. And they don't. What I like to say is, in the north, they need to keep it warm in the winter. <laughs> in Portugal. They, they just enjoy just all, 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 yeah. all year long, yeah. basically. So, it's 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 ingrained in in the in the climate, mm-hmm. and that's how you behave, and that's how you you make stuff. You can you can try to make Portugal produce a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you have to go back to the question: Why are they producing it in the first yeah. place? Germany needs to do it because they need to keep the lights on in the winter and keep the heat heating going because it's it's uh, it's freezing and it it's nighttime by three thirty in the winter. So you think the European, you think like the EU is kind of like kind of drives all of the countries into like roles that they're not really designed for, or not really the the currency. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. the Euro the European Union is the reason that France and Germany are not fighting, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice, very nice. I'd rather have a failing uh, currency than have and people murdering each other with. Like millions yeah. of lives yeah. lost. It's much as preferable, but it's not. It's not great. And it's you know you can say uh, they're so they're they're so you know all these countries are so. Uh, I mean they're so different and and and, and but like that's kind of like we're talking about in America. It's just just the states are extremely different. Mm-hmm. And there's more there's more governmental common ground than there is in the EU. But like, I mean, what the hell is Hawaii? Like what? I mean, what the fuck do we have it? And how how can you compare that to Michigan, Detroit, and mm-hmm. just like you talk about making things and getting through the winter in like yeah. it's a totally industrial state and, and and cities and then you have and then you have Hawaii and that's and that's Hawaii. both America. So like what are you? So like and so America is what happens when you kind of make all that coexist and like there does seem to be a sense in, in Europe like a fear of losing culture like of mm-hmm. losing their history losing their like not losing their history but losing kind of like their cultural identity. Um, I have a fear for them, too. And, and uh, yeah, I think that's justified. I guess it brings me to this point, just to kind of bring it bring it kind of full circle and just kind of play devil's advocate on my own points. But uh, you, you look at America and you look at what America does and you look at, you look at like, Silicon Valley and, and you look at, I mean, any kind of, like, innovation-driven kind of thing, like Hollywood or, or the automobile or anything. Um, what It's like all of the things that frustrate us about America are also what kind of makes America America. Is that uh, we're going to abandon the past and go to the next thing mm-hmm. also. Um, like I have a lot of respect for, uh, I don't want to sound too much like I'm bashing America, because I have a lot of respect for America. I don't think it's the greatest country in the world. I don't think it's inherently the greatest country in the world. And I don't think... Uh, everything we do is right. I, I kind of, my, any love I have for my country is more in this kind of like respect that it's this dogfight of ideas and cultures and then like... It's the arena. It's, the, it's the arena. It's, the it's arena. like the global <laughs> arena of like everybody comes here because they want to... People don't come here to chill out. You know, the, the, the Europeans, the Me- like Mexicans, like the, the immigrants that come are don't, coming, don't, are, don't come to 
chill out in yeah, America yeah. like we go to Lisbon and, and we, we you know, spend months and we just like take in the culture. They go there to establish something, to make something. To throw their head in. And uh, I think that there's, I think there's something awesome in, 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 a, in truly, in like, awesome in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, the more literal sense of that word about like that kind of behemoth and that kind of machine that is, uh, like I said about just like what makes you American is these more very, very cons- like abstract, conceptual, just like freedom and free spirit innovations. There's something incredible about it. It's the, but I wish we could have it without the arrogance that other ways of doing things are, there's nothing to learn from it. There's nothing to appreciate about it. Um, but, I th- yeah, but you can't avoid the shortcomings. Right. I think now I'm kind of thinking about that. I always have a lot of criticism in America, mm-hmm. but you you, you got to take the greatness right and the absolute shit <laughs> together. That's the package. There's also as much as you can as, as much as you can roll your eyes in America. You, it also is a baby of a country that is arguably mm-hmm. the most important country, the most you know, always powerful country in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And like, if you look in the that's that's also a crazy thing. If you look in the history of the world, just just some sort of colony to emerge and that quickly have that power and also we were talking about the revolution just like the first just like the screw that monarchy thing just that's it's there there are there are certainly things to appreciate but uh yeah it's the good with the the good with the bad let's let's do let's do something new yeah every every few years there's every year there's something new but then yeah we let's talk a little bit about um the shit that's been going on <laughs> in America yes, in the past yeah. year. Because I've been away, and I'm looking at it from the outside perspective. Yeah. What are some things that you thought were the most notable out of all the... Uh, of course, cops. You know, that's a big problem. It's, uh, you know... What I... This actually, this, this actually is very much in line with what we're talking about. Because... Um, this is the downside of that leave history in, in history kind of attitude on to the next thing is that people think because there isn't like overt uh, in law racism because people aren't I mean, there's been I guess there's shootings so this isn't totally not true but there's not lynchings there's not there's not like uh, there's not Jim Crow segregation people aren't yelling the n-word on the streets in an acceptable way at least mm-hmm. um, the racism is over and like to not acknowledge uh, to not acknowledge the more subtle uh, left you know uh, I'm trying to blank on the word but the, the, the ramifications of, of our you know our country's racial history we have a very short memory right. um, like that's, uh, that's something that's different you you you, uh, you, you would know um, but like I've always heard a lot about how there's a lot of there is a there is a there is a national shame about the Holocaust in Germany. There's mm-hmm. there is a they we are they, sorry. They still feel that. Yeah. And there is no reason that America shouldn't be so feel that. And it's because it's so individualistic. It's because people like to talk about America, America, America. But America is a in, in whether you're talking about the states or whether you're talking about person by person is just this kind of coalition of individuals. And they don't want to say America should be sorry because they don't themselves want to be sorry, because they don't think of themselves as attached to this 
past. This past. They think of themselves as this person now that should not be judged by that. Again, that has a lot of. There's a lot of incredible upside that comes out of that. There's a, there's something beautiful about that. But then this is the, this is this the is ugly. serious ugly side of that. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about those incidents, when you talk about the the cop violence, and you talk about the Char- the uh, Charleston shooting, mm-hmm. what shocks me not which what angers me is not the act. Because there will always be crazy people. There will always be some population of racist, militant people. There will always be there will always be bad guys. But what 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 I what 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 I just kind of like <laughs> keeps me up at night is that we can't unanimously rally around those events and go that was awful, that was a racist guy killing killing you know worshippers because of you racial intentions. People don't see it as what it is. Yeah, people. There, this you can't this agree like on what it is. this galling attempt to go that was no, it's it's. It's Christ- it, was a, it was an assault on Christianity, so it's an assault on freedom of religion. So it's really all, we're all the victims here, and no one should apologize to anybody, and no one, has, no, one needs, no one needs to feel responsibility to do anything about it. And that's so insulting. That's so, and that's so, I mean, I just... Uh, I think that's, uh, there's also a culture of that in the U.S., of mm-hmm. dancing around yeah. what things really yeah. are. Um, and you, even, not only in the past, like we do with the yeah. Founding Fathers, but even in the present... We we form a false narrative, yeah. Uh, right. Or we only accept, we only swallow what's comfortable, right? right. And that's that's crazy. That's really crazy. And the hypocrisy of the narrative. You so you talk about the Confederate flag thing, and you talk about how you know they should get over it. It's just like in, they should get over the emotional harm of having to deal with the Confederate flag. It's just a symbol. I'm like, well, why are you you're you're fighting to protect it? Why? Because it's a symbol mm-hmm. that has an emotional relevancy to you. Yeah. So like you, how can you invalidate that argument when you don't have like the Confederate flag doesn't have utility. Mm-hmm. You want to keep it because of what it represents to you, and they. I think. And and, and you know, those against it want to get rid of it because of what it represents to them. I think the thing that would empower those who are fighting for the Confederate flag would actually be to abandon the Confederate flag. Right. If they just went ahead and said, "You're right. We're in this together. You don't like like this isn't good. Like this has a bad past." Um, and like you said, there's no utility. Yeah. It's like just get rid of it. You know what also so, frustrates me? The f- a fundamental misunderstanding of what the hell our freedom means in America. Mm-hmm. Um, in what way? In the, in the fact that our Bill of Rights is all with respect to government. And people, there is, there is a, a, to me, frustratingly widespread misunderstanding of that. People do not know what free, people do not know what free speech means. Mm-hmm. Like when, when someone gets, uh, you know, when like, uh, whatever, for whatever reason what's jumping to my mind is the Chick-fil-A thing. And like the, yeah. the guy comes out about, uh, you know, being anti-gay rights and there's the protest and people go, oh, you can't, what about free speech? I'm like that's not a free speech issue. That's that's capitalism that you're so fond of. That's somebody saying what they're about, and you going, I don't want to give them my business now because of what they said. Free speech it per- pertains to him saying that, and then the U.S. government going, you're not allowed to operate anymore because of what you said. Mm-hmm. Like that is the only the the government has to be involved for it to be a free speech issue, for it to be a freedom of religion issue, for it to be um, a freedom of press issue. People. People taking their business elsewhere, people wanting somebody kicked off the air 
for MB, like you know NBC private company or something like that, you know, firing somebody because of something they said on Twitter. That's all. That's all that non-regulated business that we all that you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. that, can, that conservatives love to tout. That's the that's the market speaking. That's not a violation of your freedoms. That's all pertaining to the government. So when you look at the Confederate flag, it's like you you have the right to be a douchebag. You no one is telling you you can't have it on your truck. You're a jackass if you have it on your truck. But that's not what we're fighting for. We're saying maybe a flag that you get beyond the racial ramifications of it. It's a flag of rebellion. Of hostility. It's a, literally the flag of a rebellion against this country, and it's hanging over state capitals in this country. That is ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that doesn't make any sense. You can have it on outside your, your front door, yeah. but to have it in front of a government building, yeah. this is the issue we should be talking it, about. It's like, it's like the UK like putting American flags up over their cat. Like, what the hell? Like, what? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's the, it's the it's a it's a rebellion flag, and, it's, and I, I was in Austin, and there's there's Confederate monuments outside of the state capitol there, and I mean not not flags. Just like, you, did you talk to people when you were in Austin? You were around. This wasn't at the time though. This was you were there. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't talk happened. to too many people. And honestly, the people I talked to, I talked to Austin's an interesting city. I talked to very few people that were born and raised in Austin. Like okay. I wasn't talking to a lot of like hard, like you know, Local. true true blue Texans. Right. Uh, I was talking to a lot of people who ended up there because Austin, in this case. Austin is an oasis and and right. it's an island. Yeah, it's its own kind of thing in the middle of Texas. I don't know what, if I went to you know, Dallas, Houston, or um, certainly like rural Texas. Like what you'd uh, so something's that's going on there. Me. I mean, Ted Cruz, <laughs> Ted Cruz is the senator. There's something. There's something. So there's some idea. Obviously, that's things. that's you know a large part of the political uh, you know feeling there. Right. But um. Yeah, when you talk about all these incidents, it's the reaction to it's the reactions to it that frustrate, and it's. Uh, and I also think technology has. Uh, you know, we had this whole civil rights movement, and it became socially unacceptable, uh, for you to kind of voice these opinions in public, and it still is. Um, you, the majority of time, barring like yeah, these major incidents or these, or, you know, obviously the violence, but like the majority of time, someone gets in trouble for something, it's a tweet, it's a, it's like it's all of this like. Um, the the like the anonymity of technology allows uh, opinions that have that have become kind of socially unacceptable to kind of find find friends um, and kind of exist in a, in a world without account without any sort of social accountability. You're not private anymore so as much. I think that's why you see this little bit of uh, resurgence of of kind of the racial tension, which at the same time, with all respect to literal and emotional victims of this kind of like renewed fervor of racial tension because I don't want to act like it's not a real problem. It's also still far away. From, we're still far away from the 60s. Like right. I, that also annoys me when people say it's all it's just it's just the same. I'm like no. That's another thing that frustrates me about America is this lack of acknowledgement that our government is designed for incremental change. That there is no there's no there, there's never been an overnight fix in this country and there never will be. Mm -hmm. The closest we get to that is Supreme Court decisions. But that's only interpreting laws that have already been put right. down anyway. Yeah. So we don't. It's another thing where it has its good and its bad. Sometimes when you're when you're on the wrong side of it, it's so frustrating that healthcare, uh, education, these things don't get fixed overnight. But when you disagree with it, you have in this country more. You don't you, you don't have that turnover of how we do things. Like like uh, you kind of have seen you know smaller countries that are more homogenized. Uh, 
politically go, let's do something completely different and we'll all get on board with it or something. Mm. It, it's That's the Nordic countries. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They agree you, a right. lot. They even, you have to be there to, to, to get the sense. Everything looks very homogenous. Mm -hmm. They all look and dress the same. Yeah. They all do the same things on the weekends. Yeah. This is generalizing, but from walking, just walking around, you get the sense that it's much more mm -hmm. homogenous than the United States, yeah. uh, going from place to place. And so the programs that mm -hmm. they choose work for them. Yeah. So we need to find out what programs we can do to work for us. Yeah. yeah. And it's much more difficult because mm -hmm. we're all different. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I don't know. Um, are there? I mean, are there other kind of things that have happened in the past year that I'm that I'm not? They're not jumping in my mind. That you're curious what my perspective is. Mm -hmm. so that, that that is what it jumps always out comes. Is, is is that, what it jumps out now is that um, yeah, cops and racial tension. And we have made progress, I guess, on just last month. Mm -hmm. The uh, gay marriage thing. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. And yeah. sudden. I think it was sudden. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that case was a long time coming. I wasn't uh, following it. And people, then suddenly it came, uh, I saw it in the news. People knew that case was coming for a long time. Uh -huh. But the nature of the Supreme Court case is it doesn't, nothing happens until the arguments are given and then the decision comes. It's all, it's all so focused that, that you, know, you can, that, but was, that. Was it significant that it happened at this time? Or is it just happened to no, be? No, it's just when the court. Yeah, that's what I thought. And two days earlier, uh, pretty much dealing the final blow against uh, the Affordable Health Care Act as well. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court had a really big week that week. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know what? That was that was received fairly well. I mean, obviously you had your you yeah. had your comments or you have your, you your, your social Facebook media comments, comments and all yeah. that stuff, but that uh, that seemed to be much less of a divisive thing than the whole Charleston uh the whole Charleston deal. I guess because it kind of sealed the deal. So, you know, obviously people prejudiced against gay marriage, gay, uh, you know, all that, you know, that are... No, that much is obvious. It, it, it's happens. always been ridiculous because it has nothing to do with their lives at all. Yeah. So I think once it's sudden, sudden done, well, you're still left only with only to complain. Yeah. Whereas these shootings and stuff open up all of these actual tangible stuff. Oh, now that we were, now we're worried about gun control. Now we're worried about you trying to change the South or something like that, or like that. Like there's those incidents. There's this fear of what's to come, where that was just kind of like, look, this. If is you how close it is. your eyes, it's pretty much the same America. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's very American. Once it's done, we we pout about it and we move on. We don't care about the history. <laughs> yeah. Um, where when there's when something happens that makes you go, oh, what was going to happen in the future? We're so what we're so much more concerned when something makes it, when we're worried about the future than when we're worried about like what's already been decided. Um, we got to wrap this up to get the photo, don't we? Yeah, we're going to go see a photo show. Yeah, very excited. Alex is very excited to get sad about... I'm always excited to get sad. You know I love me some now. <laughs> this, this will be a Podcast new kind of sad. Yeah, I think so. Our friend Corey, who's been sitting here. Yeah, been Say hi, Corey. Been, you may have heard a laugh or two from, yeah. from our favorite laugher. <laughs> yeah. There it is. He thought that this podcast was strong, yeah. and I think so too. Thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah, it was a Alex. fun conversation, man. Yeah. And I'm glad that you you came to Portugal to come visit. Oh, it's been so fun. You've been a great host. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy that so many of my friends have come to Portugal yeah. to come see it, experience this. To get trapped. Amazing place. Uh, yo.
on that note. On that note. <laughs> Good night from Lisbon. Yeah. We'll see you on the next episode of Fun Boat Diplomacy. Bye.